Hey everybody, it's Save It For The Show Show, episode 18, it's, it's your boy. People don't really say that anymore, do they? He's like, hey Brandy was the last person to say that. It's your boy, it's your boy Dan, and have a, a quick ditty solo show tonight. I has, um, I don't know, I don't know what my, my plan is, I don't have a pattern for interviews uh, versus solo shows. I figure I'll just see what happens and we'll go from there. But for now, I don't know. I feel like I hadn't done a solo one in a minute so I thought I would uh, bang one out today. And next week I think I'm gonna have Lyle on again. Hopefully for another Lyle's pile. So if that, if any, there are any fans that listen to that episode, gonna have him back on next week so that'll be a lot of fun but I've, I've been giving a lot of thought to guests and sort of who I can talk to and how I can sort of I don't want to say take this to the next level because that's some weird business jargon but just sort of kick it up a notch which is who's that uh emerald or something I don't know is everything that we say uh and spoken from someone on tv uh anyways um I was thinking, who could I have on the show that would be great uh, to, to host, to interview? And I was in my kitchen. I think I was cooking. What was I cooking? I don't know. But I had on my Albie Share Pandora station. And, you know, a little first world tragedy struck me with my Pandora station. I talked about my very beautifully manicured Albie Share Pandora station that I have. It pulls in some weird Usher songs, and it, it's great. Uh, it all of a sudden stopped playing Night and Day, my wonderful theme song. And no matter what I did, I was like, I didn't thumbs down it on accident. I thought maybe my wife, in a fit of rage, might have thumbs down my I'll Be Sure anthem. And when it wasn't coming on, I, I got a little worried. So went through the settings, nothing. So I had to put her down. I, my, my beautiful uh, horse, it, it was my prize-winning equestrian that brought me so much joy, the joy that created it was sucked away from it. The core of the station, the the anchor of the, the strip mall was gone, and so I had to put her down, and I erased it. No, you know what? I had Nicole do it. I couldn't even do it myself. I had Nicole look into it, and she erased it. She had to pull the plug because there's no way I could have swiped my finger and deleted that. And then we started a new one. And it wasn't the same. It was like, you know, that ethical dilemma of if I knew I could clone my kid and he came, you know, but younger, of course he wouldn't be the same person. I mean, it doesn't take a science fiction novella to explain that that just would never work out and it didn't work out for my Pandora station either it came back and it just didn't feel right it was starting to pull a lot of zap uh, came on and um, who else just not like the Isley Brothers which you know I, I listen they're slow jams in their own right but then all oh, that new new shoes what song is theirs whatever a lot of weird shit came on but not night and day and I was so bummed out that it wasn't coming on because you know you make a Pandora station based on uh, your favorite Josh Brolin song or who knows what what you guys listen to um, who's Josh Brolin 
Is that his name? James Brolin. Josh Groban. Jesus. Um, they're all just one big bottle of curly hair and, and weird in my, my brain. So Josh Groban, you know, that song comes on more often than not. And sometimes I can remember night and day would come on, you know, five times an hour, which to me is ecstasy. Not so much to my family. And it wasn't coming on at all. Not even once. Finally. Finally. Over the weekend, I think I was making pancakes. It was breakfast for sure. And he came on. And I think I even posted an Instagram of it. And it was so great. It was great to have him back in the family. Back in the house. But I saw him come up and I thought, you know what? I'll be motherfucking sure. That's who I need to get on my show. I need to start some dumb grassroots campaign with a hashtag and try to and look i know i ask you guys to, to rate and subscribe and you know a, a bunch of you have which is amazing but you know there's there's a hundred or two hundred or so of you guys out there and i, I know if, if we marshaled we could make a little uh blip on albie's radar because let's be honest too you know it's not like there's 20 million kids who are clamoring to have an interview with Albie sure, like Justin Bieber or something like that, I think he'd be flattered. And I hope if this is the podcast that he listens to, to find out if I'm serious, I'm dead serious. Like, I would be honored to have him on the show to interview him as, you know, he's he's the Pandora of my station, the, the core of this. No, I'm just kidding. But it would be fun. And not to make fun of him at all. I mean... That's something else I want to make abundantly clear. It would be real. So when I had this idea, I sat down and I wrote a note to myself. And then I thought, well, what would be a good hashtag? So here I am sitting in my office trying to think of a good hashtag about getting Albie Sure on Save It For The Show. So I came up with Albie Sifts. Hashtag Albie Sifts. And I thought, let me tweet that tag a bunch of times. Maybe if I'll try to write a clever tweet that's easy to retweet. And if we retweet that a bunch and his name's coming up and people see that hashtag, I, I don't know why, but I really have a feeling it's going to come up on his radar. He does a radio show. Oh, that's the other thing. Apparently he does a radio show in LA every day from like 6 a.m. to noon because that's kind of the only time I don't want to hear slow jams. 6 a.m. in the morning, that's the last thing. It'll put me to sleep. If I was listening to I'll Be Sure on my way to work at 6 a.m., I would crash. I would crash my shit every time. So I couldn't imagine. So I need to listen to it and I need to get them on here. So help me. Join me, listeners. Albie Sifts. And uh, keep an eye out for a tweet in the next day or so where I give this some thought. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm sitting on my couch at night and this is what I think about. So yeah, I'll give it some thought and we'll get it out there and we'll see what we can do. Ta-da! So that's it. Um, moving on, it's fall. Today was a presidential debate, which was crazy to see. It definitely, it's definitely at times like this that I realized the power of social media. And, you know, anytime a celebrity dies, anytime there's a tragedy, uh, sports. I mean, if Twitter and sports don't go hand in hand, there's, they totally validate social media because of sports. Um, what else happens? Definitely deaths. I remember when Michael Jackson died. I, I think I heard about it on Twitter, and it spread like wildfire. But I think 
And like that Red Bull Stratus thing that just happened over the weekend, man, that thing got a ton of eyeballs. But on a Sunday even, like I get that that was like Monday morning for uh, the rest of the world. And I know, listen, I'm American, so of course Americans think, you know, we're like, we're the sun and everything revolves around us. But it was still a Sunday. Um, but I think it got an interesting crowd, you know, sort of like the football watchers and, and things like that, which maybe at work wouldn't have heard about it or seen about it. Plus... The fun thing about a Sunday story is you come into work and just talk about it. I think that's why Sunday night shows are so great because you really, it's like, it's part of your weekend is talking about Breaking Bad or Boardwalk Empire or Sons of Anarchy or one of those shows. It's like, it's sports to some people. I mean, that's their sport. It's some communal thing that you have in common that you can discuss and talk about and that makes it fun. So yes, Twitter Twitter is amazing, and certainly I, I can't imagine it not being a part of our life. All right, with that, let me go into your favorite segment and mine, Real Treat. And again, like I said at the beginning of the show, send me your Real Treats. I get a few, and I love them. And you, if you really want to see something funny, actually click on the hashtag Real Treat, search for it. You get a lot, most of them are about food, because granted, treats are treats that you eat but there's a lot of religious ones too i I need to find out the origin of treat or what a treat it it must be from somewhere definitely isn't a california thing which is i think why i like it so much it feels very midwest or 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 the south but it's, it's it's a fun one that i've i've certainly added to the vernacular and to the show so send them to me i will appreciate them and i will read them What's my real treat? Speaking of treats that are actual treats, my real treat is a treat. It's fall and the holidays are coming, including Halloween, which is a bizarre holiday. I think Halloween is cool because it's sort of the warm up for the holidays where, you know, it's it's not very hard. You, you, You sort of you got back to work sports are back you're you're watching football your your kids are in school and then it's like yeah all right now it's time to start celebrating and enjoying and if we went right to christmas and then right to new year's oh my god it would be like a shock to your system to have to deal with that much shit so what do we do halloween perfect you really don't have much decorations most of the shit you throw out the decorations you throw out you buy, it's like a Christmas tree, and then you throw it out. That's all you need to have. And you don't. It, you can be seen as festive by not doing a lot. Whereas for Christmas, it takes a lot to be truly festive and to have your house like really decked out, which is funny that we go through all that trouble changing our house for these seasons. And it's just all fucking the memory of it and the nostalgia is why we do it. But whatever. So anyhow, it's Halloween. And your body, from here on out, for the rest of the year, you're eating, you're drinking, you're staying up late. It's, it gets darker earlier, so the nights are longer and, and more exciting. And you, you, know, you get a babysitter and you go out with your wife or there's this really cool party. Lots, a lot of fun indoor things happen in the fall, including parties and Halloween parties. And the one night a year where we let our kids run around the street and and give out free candy and everyone pretends that we're friends for one night. You know, that's something about Halloween that maybe doesn't excuse me, get enough credit is 
it's the most, you know, there's a, there's a lot of joy in giving around Christmas. But on Halloween, you really, you see all your neighbors out there. You see them with their kids. Everyone's kind of vulnerable. It's dark. And it's a nice little holiday. Perfect softball pitch of a holiday getting you into Thanksgiving, which is just longer. We just start adding more days. I mean, Thanksgiving starts on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, that's, and then there's football and, and there's all the leftovers. I mean, that's four hardcore days of binging and eating and pooping and staying up late and doing all the things that you look forward to all year and enjoy and love. And then comes Christmas, which, you know, between holiday parties, work parties, uh, rationalizing that it's the holidays and going out more and doing all this, it basically the month of December is a, a, a credit card swiped, uh, fork in your mouth, bottle of beer in your hand blur that is gone so fast. Um, by the time New Year's hits, you're just like a bloated out salt monster who needs to almost keep this level going in order to sustain yourself. And then comes the 1st of January and it all just goes, and what do we get? Martin Luther King Day. Is that the first holiday off? So after all of that, you know, that, that poor man who did so much for America it gets just the shaft and then comes Valentine's Day. Well, this is not, a, what the, f where am I going? This is not about the holidays. This is supposed to be about my real treat. My real treat's candy corn. I don't know how, I, that was a hardcore tangent. Candy corn is my real treat this month. Or week, or week. Yeah, this, this day, this week. It's candy corn. And I love it. You know, I feel like candy corn, I thought everyone liked candy corn. I mean, maybe because I lived in a candy corn bubble growing up where all the people around me enjoyed it. But once I became a man or maybe high school, I don't know, college, some people hate candy corn. My wife despises it. Angie, who was on the other day, said how much she hates it. And then I saw a couple days later, she posted on her Facebook about how much she hated it. I thought, damn, that girl really has it out for candy corn. Uh, does she feel this way about any other candies? Or is she just hateful towards candy in general? She doesn't like Wiccans. But I made me think I really wanted to find out the origin of a candy corn. I wonder if it's an unwrapped on Brock's or something talking about their candy corn making process. And then remember, I mean, the, the whole game changed once the chocolate uh, candy corns came out. The whole game flipped the whole game on its head. I'm not a big fan of the pumpkin ones. They're like eating a. Candy corns are good because they sort of taste like edible plastic. You know, when you eat a candy corn, you're saying to yourself, "This is garbage." I mean, I might as well be eating a piece of curtain or a piece of grass. I mean, there's nothing natural and healthy about candy corn. I don't think I've ever seen a knockoff of candy corn either. You know how you'll see sugar-free, gluten-free Reese's peanut butter cups and they still taste good. And you're like, all right, cool. That has no gluten and maybe less calories. Like, all right, great. Thanks. And, but there's never fake candy corn. I've never seen an organic, an organic raw made with stevia, uh, candy corn and it's baked. It's, I mean, what must be in candy corn? Because really when you chew it, and what made me think of this is in the candy corn bag, there's your candy corn. And if you get that fall mix, there is the big ass pumpkin. And the pumpkin is like a gumball size. Just, it's just too much. I mean, it's a perfect example of, and you could eat a handful of candy corns. You could do the cute vampire teeth, which the kids love. 
You could eat a handful of candy corn and it's still okay. But when you bite that big orange pumpkin candy corn, oh God, it goes from real treat to real, I don't know, <laughs> to bad treat, to whatever. It goes gross and it totally sours you. And you're like, all right, what can get the taste out of my mouth? Maybe a Butterfinger. Oh, maybe a Reese's cup. And yeah, I remember my parents maybe saying that they checked all my candy. I don't check my candy. I mean, I look at it, but I figure what's, who doesn't, that's to me is like the wives tale of wives tales. You know, what sort of neighborhood maniacal asshole is putting, now of course, you know, odds are it would be a kid, you know, some, some punk kid. It'd be, you know, pranked upon somebody as take a, a shit in a Tootsie Roll wrapper and slip it in some six-year-old's uh, bag because it can't be older because if he's 10 or 12, he'll, he'll smell it and he'll know right away that it's fake. It's a turd. But a five or six-year-old or a four-year-old, they may just put it in their mouth and not even know. They may think it's a stinky lollipop. At, for at least when they smell it and they'll look at it because for all they know, it could be a joke poop that you're supposed to eat oh god and somebody could tell him i think i remember one time as a kid we went into my friend's uh fridge and got two pieces of bread this guy joe penton that i live next to and joe was so cool because i was probably 12 and he was 15 and he had one of those little nike not nike see what the fuck was that called crz or something remember when like yellow ass cars were popular like really yellow and this thing had that really like squatted back it looked like a little not like a bug bug it actually looked like an insect it looked like an insect that you drove and he had this yellow one and i thought he was just the coolest guy ever nobody was cooler than joe pandon and he had like bread hair like because he had he was a redhead but he had a blonde like dye piece in the front like combed back though oh my god i mean everything about him i think he had his ear pierced he gave himself a tattoo with the uh, how you used to with a lighter how you get it all hot like a brand i mean he he had he pulled out every stereotypical cool guy neighbor move he had a, a mini fridge in his fucking room and he had a box of ding dongs in his room that at the time i thought was so amazing like you you have junk food in your own room ding dongs he's like yeah bro you want a ding dong go ahead help yourself it's ding dongs i got some gatorade just like like a bachelor or something how you might say to a woman who comes over to your house and she's like do you have anything to drink like that mr shytown episode i don't know if anybody ever saw that where he talks about how he has a different drink for all these different girls he brings home and how some girls want red bull some girls want vitamin water it was pretty funny that's how i uh, how i felt so needless to say joe was definitely cool and listen now looking back a he had so much freedom because his parents were never around they both worked that sucks i mean as a kid you look at that and you think man that kid's so lucky he's alone all the time and your parents are like no you don't understand how good you have it your dad comes home and i cook dinner and you're like no mom no, Joe has it cooler. His parents are never around. Well, that sucks, man. And, and, you know, in retrospect, that seems like that was cool. And in even bigger retrospect, what was he doing hanging out with a 12-year-old? I mean, 
he never diddled me or anything weird like that. And in fact, he had a girlfriend. I think her name was Jill. And when my sister listens to this show, she's going to laugh her ass off. But she, they, they broke up. They got back together. And here I was, sort of like 12-year-old kid, just looking at Joe talk about this. Why was he friends with me? Where were his other friends? Oh, my God. Maybe he did diddle me. And I'm just repressing that memory. Gosh, but I, I brought him up because he... His parents never around. We went into his house one day and we got two pieces of bread. And we went into the fridge. And in my house, my mom did all the cooking. So I didn't know what anything was. We just started grabbing like every condiment, all the grossest shit we could find. And made a sandwich. And no no solids though, just condiments. So there wasn't any like bulge to it. It was a very tight and small sandwich. Brought it outside and tried to get some kids to eat it. And of course, nobody did because, you know, some 12 year old, excuse me, some 12 year old comes walking out of his house mysteriously with a sandwich that he made, offering it. Who wants one sandwich? I know I'm not eating any sandwiches, but I'm just 15 and I'm 12 years old and I'm walking around giving away sandwiches. You would say, fuck you, no. One time I remember one of my neighbors did this to my sister. She, he peed in a Coke can and was like, here's some Pepsi or Coke. Would you like it? And Andrea thought, okay, which was the can warm, Andrea? That's what I want to know, because cans really hold heat well and they hold cold well. So if it was a very, if it was a 98 degree can of Coke, it, you should have known. Anyways, I, and I, did you actually drink some? I'm going to have to ask her. So anyways, we did that with Joe, tried to play a prank on somebody. He was, uh, it was ridiculous. That's just what guys do to each other, though. We're complete dicks and idiots to each other. We play pranks on each other. <clears throat> At bachelor parties, we write dicks on other guys' faces and put, you know, butt ring pops in their mouth. That's what guys do. I had another friend. This is a good friend of mine. His name was Justin. And one day for Spanish class, we had to cook something and bring it into class, which in high school makes no sense. If you have the wherewithal to bake a dish then you're amazing, but I had I have a feeling you're the minority. And even if you do, who knows what you're you're putting into it? I mean, am I weird that I don't want to eat a bunch of sixteen-year-old uh, garbage? And let me tell you why. And maybe this is why. Because when Justin and I did our thing, we were making like a bean dip. And what started off as you know genuine uh, with beans and stuff got a little awry because I think we put in like three kibbles of cat food and thought, who's going to get it? Who knows? And you should just, just look for the people not eating their own thing. Those are the things you should stay away from. If somebody brings in cookies or it's a big bowl of casserole that they're eating out of, you're probably safe to eat out of it unless they've trained themselves to not be fouled by that poison. But I I couldn't believe we did it. Uh, I... I had some hijinks with that guy, Justin. I'll, I'll save the a big one for, for another show down the line. But it involved the police and lots of community service. And uh, yeah, that's a good one. So anyways, where was I going with all this a million years ago? Halloween, no one's playing pranks on you. Nobody is shitting in a Tootsie Pop wrapper. And if you get the star, even if you got the star... And you take it to 7-Eleven, they're not giving you a buy one, get one. That's what, man, has, has Tootsie Roll ever done an advertisement like that? Like capitalizing on an urban legend? 
It cost him a lot of money, but that would be really rad. Hashtag uh, Indian. Oh, no, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that. Maybe that's why they shied away from it, because it was a marginally racist image that, you know, was put on a thing. I like how it's 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 okay that we're allowed to have, you know, the Indians and the Redskins and all that. And God, this is a, a tired argument. And frankly, I don't know anybody who's offended by that. A, I don't know any Native Americans, but... And B, if enough people complained, these names would be long gone by now, but they're still around. And yeah, the Native Americans got treated like shit. I mean, not nearly... I mean, they got eradicated. I mean, uh, they got a super bad shake like slaves and stuff. But could you imagine a sports team named with some weird like slave reference like the confed or the confederates like any allusion to the south it's like a you know there probably are i'm i'm kind of ignorant to that football down there maybe there are weird jokes and asides that are like subtle nods to racism when meanwhile the entire team is black and and then they grow up to be black uh men on their favorite teams that they live and die for but needless to say at the time they you know that's, I, I love that uh, hypocrisy. <laughs> but enough of that. Real treat over. Candy corn. Send me yours. And listen, I that was that was a rambler. I, I think I'm going to call it a night. I have had some other things to go into, some thoughts. And I, I started to start dipping back into video games a bit, which has been really nice. A nice diversion. I, I think I said that I thought this was my video game because it's what I did after work instead of watching TV or playing video games. But... I still think I can make room for video games. I Now that I'm playing one again, I'm really enjoying it a lot. And I'm playing Borderlands, and it does kind of suck, which a lot of my friends warned me against. But I'm also playing this game called Spelunky, which, if you follow me on Instagram, or maybe I tweeted about it, I, I haven't got my kids into it. They love it. It's a platformer, which, for those that don't know what that means, Mario is a platformer. It sounds exactly what it is. You jump from a platform to a platform, and... You know, is Angry Birds a platformer? No. It's, I don't know what I would even call that. A shooter game? No. Because shooter games usually mean like Call of Duty. Casual, pullback, piece of shit, dumb shooter. Maybe not the technical name for it. But then there's things like Endless Runners where you just run. Which to me is very cool that that became a real big genre. That's one thing nice about the iPhone. Like If you don't take the iPhone as serious as a gaming platform, then you're not a real gamer, you're an idiot. And there's so many different new genres and sub-genres of, you know, the best Xbox game and computer game in the world. If, if it's Take Your Turn, like Warfish was this Risk game that we used to play at my old job, and you get an email and you have to go to it on your computer. Like, Words with Friends, and even Stupid Draw Something. I mean, A, that shows people want to have social games, and B... The Angry Birds thing does show they still want solo games where they can sit there and do nothing. And, you know, so there's Endless Runners, which is like the, um, what's that game with the jetpack? Jetpack Joyride. That's an Endless Runner. The guys that made Fruit Ninja. I mean, that's the funny thing about Rovio, the company that made Angry Birds. It was like their 50th game or 70th. It was a really high number. And people like to take stories like that and say, you got to keep at it. Angry Birds was their 100th game. But then you say, well, then you take Mark Zuckerberg and he was like 18 and a million or 21 or whatever it was. I mean, you can't use outliers to uh, describe everybody. Not everybody has to, to toil away like that. Not everybody strikes it rich. Those are 
kind of, I think, the opposite ends of the spectrum. I think if I made 50 games and not one of them broke out, I'd say, you know what? Maybe I uh, should have given up. Uh, maybe I'll do that when I get to my 50th episode. But maybe it's my 51st where I finally break through. And maybe that's what the Rovio coach uh, boss said every time they released a game and it was a dud. Next time, next time, we'll get them. Um, that's Maybe that's what the Zingo people said when they bought stupid Farmville. Oh my God, but I, I'm playing a Farmville type game right now. And it's like, I've never played one ever. I totally miss the Farmville boat. Mostly because I, I hate playing games on my, my laptop. And I, I never got the app. But I did get this new thing called Clash of Clans. And it's very addicting. It's everything I said about not wanting to play a game that feels like work. This one does feel a bit like work. Like it, it, but you can only make moves every 12 hours. So it feels like in terms of like these cooldowns and stuff. I mean, if Farmville was like that, oh my God, no wonder it made people crazy. It's making me a little crazy. I should stop playing it. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't make that my real treat. Jesus. Um, but it's not. So anyways, I'm done. It's enough. It's over. Video games are great. Albie sifts. That's what I, I want people to tweet. Tweet that. Episode 18. Save it for the show. You're the best. Thanks for listening. Good night.